Southeast Radio's Business Matters with Carl Fitzpatrick. Now let's meet our final guest this morning. While remote working has been an undeniable success, many companies have struggled with corporate culture and team building issues. Rich Westman from Kaido has the solution. A platform which combines team building experiences, well-being challenges and the culture champion training, the demand for Kaido has surged over the past two years. Rich joins us now to tell us more. Rich, start by providing us with an insight into your own background. Morning, Carl. Yeah, absolutely. So I think as a as an individual, I've always had a, a fascination with with sport and and specifically yeah, professional sport. I played tennis to a very good level myself, and then went to a, a university called Loughborough University in the UK to study sports science um, back in back in 2010. And from there, uh, went into the professional sporting world as a sports scientist, working with athletes in professional rugby and in, in tennis, helping them with their sort of fitness and, and nutrition. And I guess I've, I've just really always had a fascination with how, what it takes really to become a professional sports person and, you know, what differentiates the average uh, recreational sports person from those that, that do make it to the top. And Rich, what is it that does actually set them apart? I think there's, you know, there's a combination of both physical and, and psychological elements. But for me, it, it would be that that mental difference that's, that that I've really seen. You know, those individuals who are true to themselves, that remain disciplined and committed every day, and that strive to make. You've probably heard of it before. Those sort of one percent improvements day to day over a prolonged period of time, and really commit to it. Um, that go on ultimately to to become successful. Um, you know, from experience, I don't think there's any secret sauce at all. You know, it comes back to everything: hard work and, and really believing in the process. And of course, self-discipline is far from easy for the vast majority of the population. So, how do those professional sports people that you've worked with over the years develop that self-discipline? I think it starts by having a, an ambition or a goal or something that they're, that they're working towards that's achievable, but then really breaking that down into, you know, a digestible format, if you like, you know, sub goals or or little tasks that are going to over time accumulate to get themselves to that goal, and then you know holding themselves accountable to to completing those tasks on a hourly, daily, weekly basis, and. Uh, I think being part of a team helps that as well. You know, others to lean on, share experiences with um, lots of different factors that come into that. But, but, you know, fundamentally for me, be breaking it down into something simple, digestible, achievable, um, and then continually refreshing that over time as you progress towards your ultimate goal. And Rich, did your time working with those clubs and associations influence the idea for Kaido in any way? Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, my time in working in professional sport was all about influencing the fitness and the nutrition of professional athletes. Um, that was fantastic. I was incredibly privileged to, to sort of have that opportunity to work with those athletes. But actually, I always believed I could do more. And, and going back to that point there around technology, what if we combine technology with, you know, the understanding of these applied professionals from professional sport or health and wellbeing? could we do to influence the health and well-being outcomes of, of people more generally? And, uh, you know, it's at a time where healthcare was, was well, still is struggling. You know, we have a very reactive healthcare model where people get put back together again uh, when, when they get ill. But actually, what could we do to keep people healthier for longer in a more sort of proactive and preventative way? So 
my idea really when I started Kaidu was to use digital technology and data to help people make better physical and mental health choices and thus keep them sort of healthier for longer. So that's the why behind Kaido. And what services do you now provide? Yes, yeah, so I think like all good businesses, we've we've had challenges and, and, and pivots along the way. You know, we started off uh, going to be another direct-to-consumer app like everybody wants to be. But um, actually, we, we focus very much in the, in the sort of B2B space, providing services to businesses. Um, initially, we provided health and well-being challenges to enterprise-level businesses. Um, to, to support employees to look after their well-being with the with the support of their different teammates, um, that's now evolved um, as a result of things like the pandemic. You know what we say now is we exist to help employees and their teams to meaningfully connect wherever they're working from. So our propositions probably evolved from just a sort of well-being proposition for businesses to a to a more combined team building one. And we know team building is a super important part of business culture and one that's really intensified you know, over the last 12 to 18 months where businesses have been forced to work in, in new remote and, and hybrid ways. And on that basis, how does Kaido facilitate effective team building today? So the key really is we is we make it inclusive and, and we make it accessible. So um, the, 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 the way that we build teams has, has had to change. Uh, I think pre-pandemic, the office was a sort of natural culture builder um, it was easier for people to interact and to connect around the water cooler and things like that now in this new sort of distributed world we need to find new ways to get teams to connect and we do that through something that we call shared experiences which are effectively shared contexts that employees uh, can talk about can interact around some examples might be being a more sustainable team so we're trying to reduce plastic use it could be trying to be a more mindful team so they're doing some mindfulness together and what we find is just creating that shared context in an accessible way creates the framework really for teams to begin interacting and that's something that we saw a lot with our clients was that all the clients said back oh you know our teams have become disconnected there's no uh, workplace conversation anymore around anything other than work and we really want to bring that back uh, we want to create those shared experiences that get people talking and that, that do help people to connect on a more meaningful and, and sustained level. And from a research perspective how have you researched the appropriateness of the tools and strategies which Kaido uses to facilitate team building? You know I think importantly and the, the, there's nothing revolutionary or new in, in, in what we do we we took uh, you know, the science from the health and well-being world. Um, we're very fortunate to be backed as a business by an NHS trust, so there was lots of professional health expertise there. Um, with principles effectively of gamification, so things like leaderboards and prizes and, and theories like nudge theory, all those uh, you know, proven theories of, of science and behaviour change and wrapped that in a, in a digital product, really, um, and delivered it in a way that was really accessible through apps and, and, and through websites and, and that sort of stuff. So that was really some of the pedigree behind our, our wellbeing uh, products. Now we do lots around how we uh, develop a concept called social capital, which is effectively creating sort of psychological safety or a, a, a sense of community within a business. And there's lots of theories there around how you bring people together, break down barriers, make people feel uh, feel safe, promote diversity, inclusion, and, and the like. And uh, as a business, we're, we're very evidence-based, so all of our challenges have surveys attached to them where we're getting objective feedback from both users and clients all the time, and that only has been fed through to um, 
to our partners who are, who are helping us to, to further evolve the proposition. And Rich, provide us with an insight into that social capital and the methodology behind it. Yes, the, the idea really is, is that um, social capital as a, as a construct, if you like, is key really in, in creating great places to work. So uh, there's lots of theory around how uh, good social capital within a business is very well correlated with a, with a business's ability to attract and, and retain talent. And actually, by by sort of um, breaking down the silos that have been created by sort of remote and hybrid work, um, we want to redevelop that, that that social capital a little bit more. So something that we say is that in the future, businesses need to make building social cap- capital a priority. They need to be more intentional about bringing people together, no matter where they are. And actually, that social capital is a really, really critical pillar of building culture and, and thus a great place to work. And how would you describe your current client base in terms of the size of businesses and the industries and sectors that they're coming from? Yes, yeah, so we started off um, very early on only ever delivering uh, our challenges to, to public sector organisations. So at that point, 20 to 30 NHS trusts across the UK and a number of other public sector sort of organisations. And that grew through sort of 2018 to to 2020 to other enterprise level businesses, the likes of HSBC and KPMG, who are our sort of flagship customers. But then something really interesting happened when the pandemic came. You know, I'll be honest, we were we were deciding on our future as a business. We'd hit that sort of revenue had, had, had sort of started to taper off. But actually the world changed and that there was a far greater need for our product because actually because of those social elements that we mentioned, businesses needed to bring their people together in, in different ways. And what we found as a result of that is we started to onboard more smaller companies. That was companies that had sort of 50 to 250 employees that maybe hadn't done anything from an employee well-being or employee engagement perspective before and were looking for different ways to, to start their journey. And that's really where you know where we are now. We're probably 60% SME, 40% enterprise in our client base. The majority of customers sit in what you call the probably professional services segment, uh, and then supported by sort of public sector organisations, the likes of UK HSA, which is the old Department of Health NHS Trust. Um, and we've got a number of different other sort of um, retail and, and construction sector businesses as well that have got very different challenges, but. Um, Used, used the products in different ways also. And of course, with the transition to remote working over the past number of years, there's never been a more important time for businesses to invest in team building. Have you witnessed an increased demand for Kaido since the onset of COVID? Yeah, absolutely. And I, and I think that that's a combined benefit of, of our product not just being used from a well-being perspective, but also from a team building one as well. I think, you know, the, the move to remote and hybrid work has had a net positive benefit in terms of the employee experience you know employees feel like they have more time and 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 more money because they're not commuting and all that sort of stuff Uh, businesses have been a lot better at supporting mental health and providing digital mental health support but actually the real loser has been that sense of belonging and connection to employees and i think that's something that businesses have noticed and wanted to invest in and and no doubt that kaidu has been able to help with and Rich, on a related topic, we're hearing a lot of talk about the development of the four-day work week. What are your thoughts on this? I think the honest answer, Carl, is I'm I'm still yet to be to be convinced. Um, I think the the theory around it makes you know good practical sense. Um, you know the idea of, of giving people more time off and more time to recharge and spend with families, but 
I think the actual practical reality of implementing the four-day work week is, is a lot more difficult. You know, it, our business is going to cram the same amount of work into four days, leading to more stress for, for colleagues. Are they going to get rid of employee engagement or team-building activities as a result of not having as much time within the week and as a result they don't invest in the culture and the relationships that are, that are key to work? Um, I think only time will tell on that one, but yeah, I'm, I'm certainly not convinced yet. Okay, the jury is still out in that regard. Now, raising funding for any tech business is of utmost importance. So what can you tell us about your funding journey and how have you used the funding to grow the business? I think our funding journey has been been an interesting one or will hopefully be interesting for your your listeners. Um, We uh, were very early on. We we were fortunate to raise um, what I'd say was good money. You know, we, we, we were born at a time where investment in digital healthcare, particularly in the UK, was strong. Um, we raised £150,000 from different private and public sector funds very, very quickly. Um, but actually, I think if I'm, if I'm being honest, having access to that capital early on actually provided more problems than it did solutions. And the reason for that, as a founder, I didn't know where to deploy that capital. We didn't understand who we were, sort of the problem we were trying to solve for businesses. And, and actually, I think the best learning I did as a founder um, was when we didn't have money and we had to go back to basics and, and really get to the, the crux of the problem. Um, and I always say, you know, if I had that capital again now, I think I'd spend it far more wisely with the learning and the intuition that I've gained over the last, you know, sort of three or four years of, of building kind of. That's a very interesting point that you're making in relation to that. So do you feel that some of that capital at the early stage was somewhat wasted? Absolutely, yeah. No, I hope some of our funders aren't listening. But, you know, I wouldn't want to use the word wasted as, as, it, as, I, as I think all, all learning that you have to go through as, as a founder is important. You know, I don't believe you can, you can become a, a first-time founder you know, from a textbook or, or from a university degree. You have to go through some of those challenges and problems. Uh, to really learn and evolve. So, you know, the, the capital helped us in terms of giving us the freedom to do that. But I would say having money can give you a sense of freedom that's very artificial when that money runs out. And that um, was something that we that we saw very quickly um, when that time came. And of course, crucial for any tech startup is to have a roadmap in terms of increased and improved functionality over time. So when you are developing that roadmap with your team, what influences have you in mind? always been driven by the, the ultimate needs of, of our customer. So uh, uh, as you know, I am the CEO, but I, I also um, head up our sort of sales function, if you like. That puts me at the forefront um, of all conversations with customers around their challenges and their needs. You know, we adopt a very sort of consultative approach to selling, building relationships with our customers. What that means is we are there when you know, they do have new challenges and that sort of stuff that they, that they want to discuss. So we are always totally client-led um, in terms of any decisions that we make um, and we'll always sort of sense check or, or, or test new ideas with them before we did sort of commit anything, if you like, to, to construction. Yeah, when it comes to your know, product development, especially of a tech nature, I was reading a very interesting article recently about innovation. And what it said was that if you want to evolve a product, then your customers are the best people to speak to or your potential customers. But if you want revolution within a product, you won't get it from them. Very interesting. And I think, um, you know, there, there are revolutionary products that have evolved out of uh, different circumstances within society. You know, I'm a, I'm a big believer in timing. It's something that, that Kaido has seen as well. 
I know the guys at, at, at Gymshark attribute a lot of their early success to timing around influencer marketing and, and that sort of stuff. And I think, you know, if you are going to be revolutionary, and, and you know, there are some incredibly inventive people in this world that are thinking about things that, that many others haven't even thought about yet, and that's exactly what you're what you're sort of saying there. But um, it's certainly not where I'm at at the moment. Uh, and Rich, finally, what growth targets have you set for Kaido over the coming years and how do you plan to achieve those? Yeah, so, you know, we're in a growth stage now as a company. Uh, that's exciting. Um, we, we've, we've recently raised further capital to, to support that. And we're in a really exciting space, which is helping businesses create great cultures for the future of work. So our roadmap is creating different products and services to help businesses attract and retain talent. We do lots of training with individuals within a business that we call culture champions. So we've set a really ambitious goal of training 100,000 culture champions in businesses across the world over the next three to five years. And if we can do that, it puts us in a really great space as a company. You know, my ultimate goal has always been to, to sell Kaido and then to get into the investment world myself and uh, hopefully help other founders who are going on their journey as well. Well, if you've just tuned in, that was Rich Westman from Kaido, and we wish Rich and the team continued success with the business. We're almost at closing time here now at Business Matters, but before we go, I'd like to take this opportunity to thank my production team, my guests for their contribution, and especially you as always for listening. Join me again next Saturday morning when we'll hear more from the world of business. But until then, I do hope that we'll see you all at the Volunteer Expo Wexford and the Talbot Hotel on Tuesday night. Southeast Radio's Business Matters with Carl Fitzpatrick.